Rundown is a show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world, on matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic. The Rundown is a weekly news show. But it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics who are preparing for the coming chastisement. We cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving youth perspective no one else can. The Rundown is not meant for children because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes. Shortest rundown intro you've ever seen. This is the rundown. Fab Four assembled. Brother Martin is out. We'll explain why here in a minute. Bug Hall joining us. Technical difficulties here moments before we started streaming the rundown on the rundown YouTube channel. YouTube delivered us a strike, causing us to have to change venues. But you can always watch and listen to the rundown on our new streaming partners. That's the Crusade Channel. CrusadeChannel.com. Radio the way it should be. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. First order of business, brother's not here. He is grieving, and we mourn tonight, and we will do so again in the future with a more formal tribute. We mourn the loss of Father John Melnick, 
who was uh, touched all of our lives and was a mentor to so many and a beacon of light and hope and truth in a dark, dark world. Uh, so our our prayers are with him and his soul for his repose as he meets his eternal reward. Gentlemen, Father John is not the only one to reach his eternal reward tonight. Uh, unfortunately, we have grim news that the Grim Reaper continues to visit. First, it was Benedict XVI. Then it was Cardinal Pell. Then it was Father John, the latest victim uh, of the Grim Reaper, your good friend, James, uh, George Newmeyer, whom I, I believe of all of us, you maybe knew him the best. I know, Ryan, you know him as well. Um, George Newmeyer, a legendary investigative journalist, like an actual investigative journalist. Uh, that's absolutely right. Uh, George was uh, a great uh, friend. I've known him for almost of almost 20 years. And uh, I knew him when I lived, uh, I got to know him, especially when I lived in the uh, DC area. Uh, we were frequent. Um, I guess uh, we, we, there was a, a particular spot where we liked to hang out uh, with other friends and uh, we, you know, get to spend a lot of time talking, talking uh, church shop, you know, uh, what was going on in the world and uh, the work he was doing to expose um a lot of people he is now exposed, uh, including Cardinal Worrell and uh, many other uh, infamous people uh, in the church. And he was very good at his work. He was a, if you met him in person, he was always very gentle, very soft-spoken. Uh, but when you, when you basically read his work and saw him in action, it was almost a different person because he took his work very seriously. And uh, he basically showed the receipts, you know, uh, to turned in the receipts with with every investigative uh, work that that he uh, embarked on, and he'll be a tremendous loss to the Catholic world and to the world at, at large. We are being told this evening, uh, hours after his death, Ryan, that he uh, was uh, was claimed evidently by malaria. Uh, for those who don't know, he was spending some time in off the Ivory Coast in Africa. Uh, and we are being told by allegedly reputable news sources like Church Militant that, oh, everyone just calm down. It was malaria. Malaria can kill you very suddenly, evidently. And, um, you know, uh, nothing to see here. Just, you know, good old ca case of malaria. Um, wow, that's a good meme. I like that. For those listening, there's a, a meme with... Uh, <laughs> The Grim Reaper. He's, <laughs> I don't even know if I can describe this. He's at a claw machine where there's machines where you got the claw, you run with the joystick to reach down and get a doll. And it's a popular meme for a lot of things. And so he's uh, he's picked up and they've got a little thing. It's obviously Pope Benedict. And he says, Pope Benedict, question mark, is Henry Kissinger even in this thing? <laughs> Kissinger's still alive. In fact, I think we have a video of Kissinger uh, uh, talking about something. Well, who would have uh, thought? Kissinger esque. Uh, Ryan, totally normal though. It's totally normal for someone to be oh, yeah. in in Africa uh, and uh, investigating Freemasons and pedophiles, and you know, to just kind of drop dead suddenly. I mean, that that happens all the time, right? Well, naturally. Um, in this case, so Michael Hitchborn of. Uh, the Lepanto Institute. I've met Michael a couple of times. We've had him on the show before. Good guy. I like him. <clears throat> he is reporting that George had been sick for several days. 
refused to go to the hospital, which, well, I mean, I did not know George like James did. I corresponded with him starting on Facebook during the uh, McCarrick uh, stuff. And I used to interact with him and various things there. And then on Twitter, likewise, and in and, uh, direct messages, we talked. So I was not, uh, you know, buddy, buddy with him by any stretch of the imagination. But um, <clears throat> but it wasn't just merely some guy whose post I liked either. You know, I did have an acquaintance. He was an acquaintance. It is sad to see that. So anyway, so Hitchborn, who's known him longer, uh, you know, said, uh, you know, he refused to go to the hospital. And then uh, I guess he was found and brought to the American consulate where they tested him for malaria, allegedly. So, all right. So that's what's being put out. That's the official line coming from the government in the Ivory Coast. So I look at that and it's like, um, and Bug actually will have, probably have more to say about this as well. There is a lot of the type of things he was reported on historically, including, you know, McCarrick and child sex trafficking and uh, all these things that whether it's church or state or finance or whatever, a lot of it runs through Africa. And I would bet that George was doing more than just randomly going over, spending resources to talk about how the church in Africa is dying. Um, he, could, he could have picked up some documentaries on that, really, uh, or talked to some people. No, he actually is over there, and there has to be a connection. In my opinion, I think I don't think he'd be wasting his resources just to show how empty the churches are there. It sounds far more plausible that he was pursuing a lead that would lead back to a bishop or some number of bishops. Now, that's that's an opinion. That's my supposition. I'm not saying that's a fact, but it is uh, it is odd that even in that uh, time span, he might have been unhealthy. I don't know. I mean, I can't. I cannot sit here and tell you 100 percent absolute. There's no way. It was not as they said it was, but I am highly suspicious. Yeah. Um, and bug that brings me to you. I mean, uh, there's, there's no doubt that one of the nexuses in the global trading of human beings, especially prepubescent human beings leads through the African continent, the Ivory coast in particular. So yeah. it, it seems plausible that George was at, in the Ivory Coast, connected in connection to um, Ted McCarrick, mm -hmm. and it should be noted as well that Ted McCarrick is now arguing legally that he uh, he can't be held responsible for his crimes anymore because he's too darn old and he's lost his mind. So uh, you know he he's he's arguing for a mulligan, yet George Newmeyer is uh, you know uh, is dead on the African coast. Yeah, it, it really would have been a shame if uh, if some new new crimes or new connections to crimes had had been revealed um, just at a time when when McCarrick is is asking to for some you know reprieve uh, because of his old age. Um, look, I, I grew up I grew up in Hollywood. I grew up uh, around. Um, you know, film people and politicians and people like that, uh, all of which have orphanages and schools that they run in Africa, um, all over various countries in Africa, uh, because it's a trafficking hub. I mean, you know, th there's all the big ones that we all know about, Oprah and uh, Madonna. And funny enough, uh, what's her name was just in the news for having a, a photo of a child stuffed in a plastic container um, as a piece of art on her wall, uh, a, a nude child, you know, supposedly dead as a, as an art piece. Uh, what is her name? Kathy uh, Lee. Give her yeah. 
No, and it was a Kathy Lee. For some reason, I was thinking it was um, a different one. But, uh, but anyways, she also runs an orphanage. Jamie in Lee Africa. Curtis. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's her. She runs an orphanage in Africa. Um, go figure, right? Go figure. Someone that's got such a horrible depiction, a satanic depiction of of a child uh, on her wall. Um, and this is just extremely common. If you go through the list, if you start tracking it down, you're gonna find you're gonna find receipts tying back to all of these people. And I I find it impossible to believe that uh, all of the global homo uh, cardinals and bishops who deal in this sort of thing um, don't have big business going through through Africa. Um, uh, and then you add to that that George had just tweeted that he had un uncovered some very, very serious, unseemly things that were going to blow the lid off something very big, apparently. Uh, and he even specified that he was afraid for his life and that he was pretty sure they were going to kill him, but he didn't care because this information was so important. Um, you know, you add all that up and, and I, I just find it, I find it hard to believe. Um, do people die from malaria? Sure. Um, I think it's still the number one killer in the world. So that's, you know, that's a fact. Um, I don't know if that fact trumps the preponderance of, of evidence towards the alternative though. Yeah, the tweet, the recent tweet is an interesting data point. Uh, James, I'll kick it back over to you because it was only, it was less than a month ago. I believe it was on the 23rd of last month that, uh, that George tweeted that if something were to happen to him, you know, it, it, it was foul play. Um, he was, he was onto something. He was, he was knees deep in uh, some, some grave evil. Uh, we don't know exactly what it was, but we can surmise what it was. And yet we are being told by church militant and those who are in low orbit around Ferndale that, you know, malaria can suddenly kill you, which is just a scientific fallacy. Um, the investigative journalists are just not going to fact check things that just don't sound true, I guess, right? Well, and, and that's my point. I, I sent out a message uh, today on Twitter saying, you know, there are certain things I know for a fact, you know, as as a first generation African, of course, I've contracted uh, malaria, even as a child, many, many times people, people can argue, well, you know, you've contacted it enough. And, you know, uh, it, for you, it may not be fatal. Um, but we're, we're not talking about 1984, or 1979, or 1960, or the 19th century. We know that people who come into uh, Africa in general uh, have to take a, uh, a malaria protocol, a yellow fever protocol, uh, s several types of protocol there, especially, uh, you know, uh, depending on which region of Africa you're, you're traveling. Um, for me, it's that, um, you know, it very well may be. There are people who have weakened immune systems, uh, which find it hard to, to, to fight, uh, you know, uh, viruses that enter into the body you know a malaria sometimes could be um hard for people to to fight sure you know i'm, I'm granting that but based on the fact that uh when one enters into to africa and they have this protocol in their, you know in their body and uh you know to say the least you know he he did send out a message on twitter uh if i were having a high fever or something of that of that sort um you may not find me tweeting on Twitter, except to ask for prayers for my quick uh, um, uh, recovery. And I've done that several times. That's just, you know, I don't generally tend to uh, send out 
tweets like that unless I I think it would be beneficial for me to receive some sort of uh, a a prayer. And I'm not saying uh, George is the kind of person to do such a thing. I'm just merely connecting uh, certain dots, you know, and asking for more information. Let's have a, uh, uh, you know, let's have feedback. Let's let's have all all the corresponding uh, information that's out there that can either help to put a lot of questions to rest or help us sort of pinpoint exactly what was going on. So, you, you know, we need some transparency here, uh, you know, getting information from the uh, from the Ivory Coast or from the consulate, you know, that they, that may not be enough. More questions have to be asked. And, you know, we, and we do this very respectfully, you know. Uh, we know he has family who loves him dearly, and, you know, this, this is the news that they've been given. Um, but we're not necessarily dismissing it. We just want to make sure that this is, in fact, what happened. You're muted, Mike. <laughs> this was the consulate that summarily ignored George for all of his time there. He couldn't get any support, couldn't get any of the documents that he needed. Uh, it was very public about how uh, shabbily he had been treat- treated by this consulate, which uh, you know so quickly showed up and diagnosed his death. There's, there's at least one person formerly in the orbit of church militant who can see through the BS, though. So it's 11 and three quarter inches tall. If you're thinking about how this is going to fit into your... Milo Yiannopoulos has once again distanced himself from his former employer uh, by basically calling anyone who believes the malaria story an idiot. Um, Bug, uh, it seems like Milo goes out of his way now to counter signal Michael Voris at every at every pass. And, you know, one has to wonder if Milo is more Catholic and more sane than you, then, uh, you know, that's saying something. Yeah, I think I think he, you know, I, I think he doesn't have much skin in the game for one. So he's able to just say what he thinks. Right. Um so I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Um, it does it does sometimes seem like he's he's throwing jabs though. You know I think that's uh, I think that's definitely a big a big part of it. Um, you know one thing I will say with with Forrest is I, he seems to he seems to try to distance himself from what he thinks are conspiracy theories, right? Because because he fan, fancies himself a reputable journalist. Um, you know, being someone that has grown up around real celebrities. Um, you know, I don't think he realizes how small his orbit is, but um, he certainly sees it as very large. And so he, I think he protects that very much so, right? Um, but uh, yeah, Milo, Milo definitely seems to be throwing jabs. I'd like to, I'd like to have been a fly on the wall during that breakup. <laughs> I'm sure it was spectacular. You know, it seems like everything is a psyop these days, Ryan. I mean, you know, what, what we're being told coming out of uh, the Ivory Coast uh, seems to be a PSYOP. Uh, and even this this arrest uh, from this autistic uh, climate uh, loser, you, you know, it's a staged arrest. Look at it. <laughs> you also want those for you, man? How's it going with the Abadstraße? What 
It's almost like whatever you are told in the popular narrative, Ryan, either from Catholic media or secular media, you can almost assume that the opposite of what they're telling you is the truth. Without a doubt, first of all, just logic and common sense, because of the international following that Greta Thunberg has, unless she went completely off the rails and really committed some kind of crime or shot someone in broad daylight, there is absolutely no way that they would ever arrest her for anything or violating some small thing. They'd be called in two seconds. It'd be a horrible PR move. So this entire thing, I mean, it really is. I mean, you had all the videos showing how it's been staged, how it's uh, they're setting up for it and whatnot. They're even telling her what, what how they're going to do it and smile for the camera. All the cameras are there. Um, so it didn't make a big spectacle out of it. It's all staged. So you can have your, your point and now your counterpoint and the WEF, what's going to happen? They're referencing, oh, oh, Greta, we, we listen to you, Greta. You know, it's where uh, you saw Al Gore referencing her, you know, and of course, the same Al Gore that told us in 1998 that uh, the world will be completely underwater by 2012. Uh, did a film about it, in fact, or again by 2016, even as he's buying beachfront property in San Diego, Al Gore is telling the world that that the, the, the ice caps are going to melt and then there's more sea ice than it ever been there before because we know the whole thing's a hoax but you know apart from all those kind of things the you know it it is a stage thing because they are pushing so hard because the green agenda is absolutely important for every other thing that's that's the driving lie for which they're going to shut down everything and you look at there there's a one thing nobody's talking about right now because well everyone's focused on davos and the wef which is legitimate to cover, by the way, you know, very important and wealthy people in, in government, in private sector, in business are all meeting and they're making deals and they're talking about things that will affect us. And you want you want to pretend like we have no right to know about that. We, we you know, it's just yeah. what's going to happen, you know, and that's how they treat it. But while that's all going on, you also have the World Health Organization is currently discussing uh, a treaty that will bind all of its member states. And one of the sections that is in there is the ecological impact, right? And so if various practices are deemed by the World Health Organization of all bodies that, uh, you know, to destroy, you know, this infrastructure in this country, because it's going to have bad, in, you know, impact on the environment later on. So you need to put a law in, no more wood stoves. People need not fell trees. Uh, you may not, uh, you know, you may not drill for natural gas anymore because the environmental impact is going to be so bad and it's going to do all these things. And how do we even verify these things? All made up BS. I mean, the climate does change and it will change because the sun drives our climate, not burning your darn car. You mentioned, uh, evil Klaus Schwab and, um, you know, we're talking about the narrative and, and propping up the narrative. I want you to really listen to and watch this little clip here as Klaus Schwab is approached by a journalist. Watch him make the decision and the distinction what type of journalist it is as to whether or not he's going to take a question. Uh, Jeremy, 
Shwab. I'm from Japan. May I ask from? Bug, which media are you with? I'm an independent journalist. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. No, thank you. Transparency. CNN, Fox we don't News. have. I mean, yeah. Oh, I'll take your question. I mean, d- does anybody still to this day believe that there is not a level of control, even to, you know, uh, uh, GOP? I'm trying not to use the B word tonight, but the GOP infected, you know, Fox News or Faux News, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was the equivalent of going, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, which, uh, which one you, do we own, do we own her? No, no, we don't. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the, it's the world we live in. We, we, it's, a, it's a wild time because that you, you literally can't trust anything that you hear anymore, right? Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's news from Ukraine, whether, regardless of what it is, you basically have to shrug and go there. You, know, you get, and you get the both sides, right? The, the both sides are both false, right? We all know that the, uh, the, the conservatives are just as, um, just as spun into the narrative as, as the rest of them. Um, so how do you, how do you get information anymore? Well, fortunately God put us in this time when uh, news is also decentralized, right? You got, you know, brave men like George, um, who can reach more people than he would have ever been able to 25 years ago. Um, and that's, that, those are the people you can trust now. The people you can trust are the, the ones that you know aren't owned. Yeah. Yeah. Quick programming note. Um, thanks to our intrepid uh, co-producer here, Ryan, we are now also streaming live on the run on, on Rumble. And if you were to watch on Rumble, A, that would deprive the evil Silicon Valley uh, miscreants, which we're going to talk about Silicon Valley, Daily Wire, and, uh, and, and the Crowder thing here in a minute. Uh, you would deprive them of, of foot traffic, web traffic, as it were. But you also have the opportunity to send in a super chat. And if you send in a super chat, we will read it live here on the rundown, also brought to you by our broadcasting partners, over at Klaus Schwab. I mean, uh, Klaus Schwab. No, I, if, if church heard me say that, I think I would be, it would be off, off with his head. <laughs> we must kill him. Um, all right, let's get into the Crowder thing. You guys ready to talk Crowder? I am. Uh, big news today. Conservative Inc. blew up over the last 48 hours. Evidently, Daily Wire. Uh, put in a $50 million offer to acquire the rights to Stephen Crowder's material, past material, and his ongoing material. Uh, the $50 million was supposed to cover his uh, organization, which I guess is about 30 people. Uh, so he's half the size of Church Militant and, com- and commanding a budget uh, five times their budget. Um, maybe he actually pays his people a living wage. I'm not sure. Crowder... Unfortunately, not only rejected the offer, but then went out to the interwebs and started a war, the war of words, as it were, 
and uh, started leaking some information. Daily Wire has gone into full alert, red alert. This is like that time on a Saturday afternoon when all of Church Militant was in the office uh, working on tweeting against me. And when we brokered a peace deal, uh, Michael Voris had to call the studio on a Saturday and tell people to stand down so that we could broker a peace deal. Um, red alert, you had Benji out there tweeting. You had what's what's the the lady that they just that they just picked up? Uh, whatever her name is, she's big, she's important. Uh, Michael Knowles, who uh, attends the FSSP Latin Mass, out there tweeting. Uh, Matt Walsh was out there tweeting. All everybody piling on to, to Crowder, and then Crowder was like, "No, guys, I actually have some receipts, and here's one of them." They don't get deals that. They should be slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. They should be wage slaves for a little bit. They should be slaves for a little bit. Okay, so that's a recording of, uh, of, of the co-president or co-CEO or co-founder of Daily Wire. His name's Jeremy Boring. Um, I, you know, I actually have been on a zoom with Jeremy a couple times and, and have been in the process of negotiating these types of contracts before I do know a thing or two about, uh, about content contracts and who owns what and how you break it up. Uh, and by the way, when you found something like the rundown, I kind of understand how that works and who owns it and who doesn't own it. Um, but notwithstanding that fact, um, I have actually found Jeremy to be a pretty good guy. I think he, he's a good businessman. I think that he is pretty upfront and level-headed and tells you what he thinks. Um, I also think that Crowder is positioning himself as the, you know, the sort of ideological committed person who says to himself, I don't care about the money. I care about those who come after me. He put out a 20-minute video today. I, I, I was able to consume it um, throughout the day in which he very clearly articulates that, look, it's not the $50 million. Daily Wire keeps going back to saying this is about the money. It's about the money. And Crowder saying, no, it's not about the money. It's about you know how you penalize people for you know the types of struggles that we deal with here at The Rundown, where sometimes we're on The Rundown YouTube channel, sometimes we're on RTF. Uh, today we're on Rumble. Then, thank God, we found Mike Church at the Crusade channel, so we know we're at least going to always be there. But Crowder's complaint is that, you know, if you get demonetized for speaking the truth, then you're going to be penalized under the Daily Wire contract. Daily Wire retorts that this is a business. And, you know, if, if there's a decrease in revenue, then that needs to that needs to come out of the pockets of the person who decreased the revenue. I see both sides of the argument, gentlemen, uh, and I really don't know how to parse this out other than to say that I have a suspicion that perhaps that this whole social media thing between these two massive organizations and, and Conservative Inc., it might be contrived. I don't know. Ryan, what do you think about that? Well, it's certainly going to get the ratings. It has gotten the attention, if that was the intent. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say. I, I guess the end will, will kind of indicate whether it's all contrived. If in the end, Crowder just joins right up and all these <laughs> objections kind of go away. Um, and you almost have to wonder, too, if, you know, because Daily Wire, they say things that we could never say. They say things that a lot of people could not say. And I've got to scratch my head. I mean, much like Tucker Carlson, say like, 
Is there a controlled op going on? I mean, we play Tucker clips because they're informative or useful for whatever we're going to talk about, not because we think Tucker's the man and he's right on everything. I actually think he's controlled op here. And Daily Wire have been suspicious of in a lot of ways, mostly because of Shapiro and in his you know motivations, and especially how hard he pushed uh, the uh, experimental you know medicine. <laughs> Um, I don't want to get we could say it on Rumble, but I don't want to get banned on uh, the RTF. YouTube, so. <laughs> but ultimately, like I've seen, you know, some Daily Wire content I haven't really gotten to them very big. You know, the, I think the most of any of their content I've seen is Matt Walsh's, uh, you know, what is woman, which was at least very entertaining as well as I thought pretty well put together. And then on the flip side, you know, I've seen Crowder's content here and there. You know, some of his stuff's really funny. Some of it's really vulgar and I don't want to see it. Some of it is. Uh, he did this uh, this one parody of you know the guy the the, the hair that painted back in the seventies and eighties. We grew up watching some of the older <laughs> members of this generation grew up watching him. Can't remember his name, Bob something or other. Someone in the chat knows, I'm sure. Um, well, Crowder did you know in a, a parody of that painting Muhammad and then painting uh, Aisha, his nine year old wife, and then he goes, and now we're going to do just a happy little black eye on Aisha, you know, so we could. Uh, <laughs> just do these ridiculously. Uh, I, I laugh so hard for that one. So, I mean, none of these people are intrigually good, and and people that I'm going to back 100% one way or the other. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We just need to be as wise as uh, serpents and as prudent as doves. When in, you know these kind of conflicts break out, don't be so quick to jump to one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that that's I think that that's wise. I, I, I agree with that assessment. I don't think that the rundown should necessarily jump to taking a side other than to point out that both sides seem to be making reasonable arguments, except for the part where they're making them in the public for clicks. And that's, I think, the, the, the problem I have with this bug. I mean, you've negotiated uh, uh, entertainment, film, uh, writing, uh, creative contracts for practically your entire life. Have you ever done it in the full view of the public on YouTube and in, and on Twitter. I mean, no, um, but uh, that has become more and more um, a tool that people use, right? I don't know if y'all remember the whole Disney Sony dust up over Spider Man and Spider Man's done, and we, you're not going to do any more because we can't finish negotiations. But Sony knew that the fans were going to be up in arms and that that was going to give them leverage. Sony didn't really have very much leverage. Um, and so that that creating the public dust up was one side playing the other side, right? So it doesn't surprise me. Um, I haven't really followed it very much. I don't really care about any of those people um, very much at all. I will say this though: this is what I find most interesting about this whole thing. Um, there was a company way, way, way back in the day that decided it wanted to start a film studio that wasn't owned by a certain type of people. Um, and they decided to secretly name the company. These were two Catholic brothers secretly named the company after the Catholic faith. They called the company universal. Um, and within a few years of them becoming very successful, um, their lawyers and their, the banks that they used, uh, little by little funneled them into a position where they ended up getting bought out and owned, um, by, the same kind of people that they wanted to start a company with, start a company without. Uh, uh, and those people ended up owning that company. 
What I find really interesting with the Daily Wire is that you got all these self-made Catholic um, personalities, right? Um, all these guys like, oh, what's his name? Uh, Knowles. The, what is a, Knowles. And oh, I think the what is a woman guy, he's Catholic too, isn't he? Is that true? Matt Walsh. I think so. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd heard that. But you've got all these, or at the very least, you know, um, evangelicals or whatever, right? All these Christians, uh, he, you know, heretic Christians, but still. You've got all these self-made personalities um, who are slowly getting brought into the fold and bought up under one umbrella, which looks to me like a very easy way to control. Um, now, all of a sudden, they're all they're all going after the one guy that's outside that fold, right? They're all calling saying, Oh, well he's dis dishonorable and we can never trust him again. And nobody should ever watch his stuff. And we used to be friends. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it just looks like exactly what Ryan said. Um, just more controlled opposition, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the, the, the decentralization, get rid of it, right? Funnel it all into one place. Um, you know, put everybody in the SSPX and excommunicate them kind of an idea. Yeah, yeah, the corral theory, James. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't help but note the deafening silence from practically all of the Daily Wire in response to the nuclear bomb two, three weeks ago of Kanye West and his public commentary about those types of people that Bug was perhaps referring to, perhaps not. Uh, but when he made those comments, Kanye did. Um, ben Shapiro. Uh, denounced them and all of the alleged traditional Catholics who work for little Benji and his little hat uh, were muzzled. So what further proof need we of anything with respect to conservative ink, Catholic ink, uh, you know, trad ink, any of the inks? Yeah. You know, uh, something people forget is that uh, Ben Shapiro is uh, he's he's a lawyer. I believe he's a he's a graduate of uh, Harvard Law. Uh, so this guy is very shrewd. He's a very shrewd businessman. Uh, he's got business acumen. He's been working in radio for a long time, and he's been dealing with contracts for a long time. Uh, he's got the uh, mindset, uh, you know that that would make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, working under him in any capacity whatsoever. Um, and you can be sure that whatever he's doing, you know, there's always something in there that uh, is meant to undermine uh, truth to a certain degree. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the, uh, you know, what you're just talking about right now with the elder brothers, like I like to call them. But uh, over the past, you know, he has been seen as a, uh, you know, a conservative light, you know. So on certain issues concerning his Judaism, he wear, even wears his little, you know, hat on top, yarmulke on top to sort of own people. Uh, but yet uh, he muzzles people who are Catholic, you know, from speaking certain Catholic things and from asking cer certain Catholic uh, questions. Um, people see him as, you know, a little imp and he's a little imp, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't have anything pleasant to say about, about him. Um, and, uh, whatever dust up daily wire has concerning, uh, Steven Crowder is something I haven't paid much attention to kind of like what bug was saying. Uh, but I do know the framework of 
Daily Wire in general, and I just don't approve of their methods and how they choose to uh, ignore certain uh, re uh, realities, what you and I would call, well, a conspiracy fact, they would call just conspiracy theory. And I'm not talking about people out there who deal in social issues, you know? So it's, it's become now popular to talk about the election of 2020 as being fraudulent, but you don't see someone like Dave Shapiro coming to the front of the line saying, wait a second, this all this is suspicious. Let's uh, call it for what it is. Uh, he's always behind. He's always managing himself and managing his his product, you know, uh, a daily wire. Uh, if this means uh, using Catholics, he's very good at, at doing that. You know, he puts them out there and he, he, he muzzles them. Of course, it's a that Catholic faith and Jewish power are like the two pans of a pair of scales. As Catholic faith goes up, Jewish power goes down. As Catholic faith goes down, Jewish power goes up. That's exactly that's exactly right. Um, and it's it's unfortunate because uh, these people who are working with him are very bright people. They're they're very uh, you know scholarly in, in the work that they do. But um, you know, social issues are great issues to to uh, to uh, report on. But there are also other issues out there that would make uh, Daily Wire uncomfortable, and so they just don't deal deal with that. They're happy to come to the front of the line of social issues. That's great. But there are other things that they could talk about, which they they absolutely refuse to do so. Um, and so whatever dust up they have with uh, Crowder, I, I think Crowder is in a position, um, you know, such that people are not happy with what he did, which was releasing a recorded uh, tape of his conversation with Jeremy. Um, you know, and I, I take issue with that, you know, because when you when you. When you uh, confer with somebody in, in private, you know you, you don't want that that to be in, in the public, um, and you know it's something I sad to say that it's almost expected nowadays. If you're speaking, uh, you know, in what you consider privacy, you know what what you consider privacy may, may not actually be privacy. It may may soon come out to bite you, um, and uh, there's nothing really with wrong with what Jeremy was saying. He's If there are shrewd businessmen over there, I totally get it. Uh, and if a deal is not a deal, then it's not a deal, but you don't have to make a thing of it in public. Uh, you know, if someone offered me 50 million people, uh, 50 million dollars for 30 people, uh, of course I'd want to take a lump sum of that, but then what am I going to be giving to the people who worked with me? Uh, that's practically practically nothing. And so... If if uh, he had an issue with that, he should just kept it as a private issue. You know, sorry, we don't we see ourselves as uh, worth more than that, and we we don't uh, plan to um, sign a contract. You know, with these uh, terms, especially with the uh, demonetization, uh, you know, being used against them. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a hairy thing. It is. And this is not the only thing that's playing out in the public sphere. Uh, the public sphere is now uh, punctuated by this new liturgy in which uh, if you do not uh, tip your hat to the ruling class or the authorities, um, if in fact, if you mock them, mockery of the ruling class is now uh, a crime, literally a crime. That was pretty stupid, wasn't it? That's so. Flashing your lights at everybody to let them know that law enforcement was sitting there running radar. Is that what I did? Is that a crime? Yeah. It is? I didn't know yeah. that. You got your license registration for Why would you do that? 
flashing your high beams at people to. In the daytime? Yeah. I didn't know that was your crime. It is legal to have flashing lights on your vehicle, uh, not being an emergency vehicle. Huh? I said awesome. Okay. And I could take you to jail today for your unsigned registration card, but I just wrote you a citation for that. That's actually up to six months in jail. You think it's funny, sir? I'll take the ticket, sir. I know, but do you think this I'll is funny? This, I, I'm allowed to laugh. I could laugh all I Go ahead and step back Sir, I'm asking you to step out. The, am I being detained? Yes, sir, you are. Step out of the vehicle. Are you serious? Place your hands behind your back for me. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Place your hands behind your back for me. Oh, man. You're serious, brother. I'm not your brother. Yeah, I'll never be your brother. I'll never be your brother. It was extremely um, common in communist China post Mao that you had these public uh, liturgies in which you shame anyone who is um, who who is critical of uh, the ruling class. And here you see the same liturgy playing out in these United States. You see that the police officer has total discretion. And when he feels disrespected, he's going to exact his revenge on that citizen bug. And he is going to extract the level of penance and, uh, and, and contrition, which is commensurate with the crime of mocking these, these fake, an unsigned registration no card, an unsigned registration card. Yeah. Well, you know, the the police thing is an interesting thing, right? Because um, at best, we're going to get the best of our society in the police, which isn't very good. Um, <laughs> but that's not really who we're going to get, right? Because there's, there's all sorts of issues. Why? Um, largely because we live in a society where uh, a lot of men are disenfranchised, young men are disenfranchised, um, and they seek uh, some way to, to lash out and to exercise that. And so that, that sends them in all sorts of different directions. One direction that they can funnel towards is to become a police officer and uh, take their, their rage out on, on other people. That's just a fact. That's, a, that's just a, 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 a fact. So you got all these really pathetic guys who have never been in a fistfight. Um, they've never dealt with things like a man. Um, and then you put a gun on them and you put a badge on them and it's a recipe for disaster. Um, but that's most men in our culture, isn't it? And most men in our culture are uh, more, more like women in how they deal with things, right? It's more of like character assassination, pettiness. Um, and I'm speaking about unvirtuous women, uh, obviously, but um, that kind of, that kind of nasty backbiting, very effeminate, narcissistic kind of approach to, to things um, is is what men are like now. Used to, that cop would have maybe just slapped that guy in the face if he felt disrespected or something. I'm not saying he should have, by the way. I think the guy was was uh, was well maintained in his in his uh, modesty, and I don't I don't think him chuckling about the cop's sarcasm was a problem. But I'm just saying, in 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 the, in the old days, a man would have just been like, "Smack, don't disrespect me again." Um, and then let, send him on his way, right? Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a 
it's a much scarier world living living with effeminate men who don't know how to deal with with that kind of uh, emotional rejection. Um, they don't know how to be disrespected properly um, without falling into to tyranny. Um, now you blow that up, right? Blow that up to scale, um, and you've got an entire infrastructure that's built on that on that idea. Um, don't question our global warming. Don't question this. Don't question that. Um, it's a yeah. It's it's a, it's a scary time to be alive for uh, for fearful people. And it's an exciting time to be alive for people that have a bit of a fighting spirit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, we all know which side of the fence you're on on that one. It uh, looks like Ryan stepped away. So James, I'll go to you. This liturgy of, uh, you know, humiliation of accepting your humble pie of admitting your faults. Um, you know, this is, you, you've committed a heresy and it's it's almost a trial. It's a her, it's a heresy trial in which you have to proclaim that you are reformed, and that you are back on the on the page of believing in the police state, and the, in the communist country that we live in. Um, this is this is exactly identical to what would happen in Mao's China and Soviet Russia. Oh, absolutely. And we don't even have to go back in uh, to uh, Mao's China. Uh, we can go back now to the continent of uh, South America and Africa and at least a few other places. I know, for instance, in Nigeria, such a behavior would uh, be absolutely uh, uh, intolerable by people of the law out there, you know, but, but then again, the difference is people out there are not making uh, a living wage when they're out on the streets policing. And so, uh, they stop you for any small infraction. Uh, it hopes to uh, put you in a situation where you have to bribe your way out of that situation. And something is, uh, as inconsequential as uh, a smirk or a laugh is looked upon as a, a total disrespect. And pretty much you'd probably be met with the butt of a gun if you were to uh, uh, have such a... a uh, behavior displayed right there and then in, in front of that uh, peacekeeping officer. Uh, but such a thing, you know, is uh, not necessarily something you and I see on a regular basis, you know, depending on where, where you live uh, in, the, in the United States. We have now a lot of retired, uh, uh, what do you want to call them, um, retired um, military personnel uh, who are now in the ranks of the police officers who have not fully <laughs> recovered from uh, whatever it is they were dealing with, you know, and they're all tatted up and they're a good portion of them are actually atheists. They're all tatted up and they have, uh, you know, very, very, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch my words here, <laughs> you know, but uh, there's certainly not people you would trust with, with your little kids or, with your spouse, because you know that these men are very small men, as Bug has just explained, and they can't take, uh, you know, the, you know, the insult away a, a man normally would, and kind of walk off, give you your citation, and walk away. They have to make a public spectacle of you, uh, and you can be sure that his his police his, his uh, sergeant at the police uh, department is probably applauding him for for this. Uh, uh, a disciplinary measure he took by taking the man out of his car and basically hauling him off 
to jail, having his car towed. Who knows where? Who knows where he was driving? I don't know if this was a state trooper or something of that sort, but if you're having to tow your car, uh, going to go get your car, you know, that's maybe 60, 70 miles away from where you live, that's a bit of a hassle. And and any any, any officer uh, who's driving a, uh, a state trooper should, should understand that and should sort of uh, act accordingly rather than creating a, a, a greater problem. Uh, and it's certainly reprehensible that such a thing it does happen and we allow it to, to, to happen by, continue to, by, by continuing to praise uh, these men without any sort of uh, checks and balances in place. When I was, real quick, when I was 19, maybe I was 18, um, you know, keep in mind, I, I grew up a, a child actor. I was an absolute uh, maniac. Um, I was walking home. I had had way too much to drink. And I was with a buddy that had a warrant out for his arrest. And the cops stop us because they see two guys stumbling down the road. And uh, me, being in my my idiot state, thought that I'd be able to fight the cops off while my buddy made an escape. <laughs> wow. So I, I went to it. Um, and I did a terrible job at it. Um, and they, they put me on the ground very quickly, cuffed me, got in the car. I was in the car for about an hour as five other cops show up and they get the guy's stuff figured out, realize that he's wanted in Florida and they load him up and haul him off. Never even saw that guy again. But, uh, so one by one, all the other cops, the supporting cops all roll out. And then I'm just sitting in the back of the car with these two cops that I, I tried to fight with. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I full on went for him. And the guy driving, he goes, all right, well, that's all done with. So you want to go to jail or you want to go home? <laughs> and I said, home, home. I want to go home. He goes, all right, where do you live? He drove me to my house, dropped me off, said, all right, hey, man, you know, get yourself taken care of. Uh, I hope you I hope you feel all right when you wake up tomorrow. That was it. Um, different kind of man. That's a different kind of man. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's back when it would serve and protect, you know, the whole right. notion of the, the police as a civilian militia, not as a, you know, for the, the urban setting, not for military, which are military. I mean, a military just is supposed to, do, you know, you know, destroy things, take up positions and, um, you know, do what a military is supposed to do. Cops, it's all very different. Now, on that note, I'm going to pause just for a moment so Mike can do the station ID. <laughs> and you're muted. You're watching the rundown. You're listening to the rundown, which is streaming live tonight on Restoring the Faith Media's YouTube channel, typically on the rundown's YouTube channel, but it's also simulcasting on our broadcasting partner, Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com, radio the way it should be. Ryan, the militarization of the police is really like I think the 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 convergence. We see that we see the police have tanks now. They have automatic weapons. They have a lot of body armor. They have a lot more armaments, a lot more weapons, surveillance tools. Uh, they have financial tools. I mean, uh, we live in a police state where your county and state level police are like you know uh, equivalent to the armies of small nations, and um, and yet we also live in a country that is patently unsafe violent crime is on the rise uh the cities are being hollowed out so you know the more guns that we give the police it, it doesn't appear to be making anything more safe in these united states and uh, you're gonna get hauled off to jail for six months for failing to sign your registration card 
which is just leads to the point of all of us are committing crimes every day unknowingly uh, because there are so many unjust and unjustifiable laws on the books that nobody can keep straight. It's all arbitrary now. Right. And you know, like not signing your registration cards, like what or your driver's license, whatever it was, you didn't sign. And like, that's a crime that can land you in jail. I mean, if it's such a crime and I can't see how it is, uh, you know, to have a fine in there or something like, even though I think that's wrong too, the whole notion of it. But if you have to, a fine, what is it? What, what benefit is that to the common good to take a guy and stick him in a cage for six months because he didn't sign a form? That's what you associate with Stalinist Russia. That's what you associate with Mao's China. That's what you associate with totalitarian and dictatorial regimes, not with the supposed land of the free. And by the way, Clint in the chat, I uh, did pretty damn good for civilians. So, Uh, (laughs) so with that i mean police are supposed to protect and serve that's the whole notion of it um i've known good cops i've known or at least i've had run-ins with questionable cops in different places Uh, but you know an incident that happened to me was kind of similar with this guy there's a on the way back to my house where will be be my future house my future property uh there's a uh, on this one, you know, barren road, there is a, a stop sign for railroad tracks. Now, the, now, mind you, the ground is completely flat. Even at night, you can see in all directions, unless it's a new moon. You can see clearly whether there is a train or not. So I, I just run it. I don't have time for that. Always skip through that light. So one night I was coming back home late after working late. And of course, I, I, I ran it. Cop lights up. Pull, you know, pulls me over as I, you know, hit the crossroad and uh, says, hey, did you see the stop sign there? I said, yep. Um, uh, why didn't you stop? It's like, I elected to ignore it because it's a ridiculous stop sign. And he's like, oh, well, you know, stop means stop, right? He's like, yeah, but I elected to ignore it because I can clearly see in every direction no train is coming. He's like, all right, all right. You know, you know, he just gives a quick look in my eyes. I hadn't had a drink that night, actually, thankfully, because that's what he was really looking for is DUIs. Yeah. Ran my stuff for a warrant, came back and just told me to have a nice night. <laughs> because he's looking for a DUI, he doesn't care if I have my, you know, if I'm pulling my rank of my anarchist stuff over a stop sign. So, uh-huh. <laughs> this cop, on the other hand, would have hauled me off and uh, for yeah, whatever he would come up with, you know. And that's the thing, and that's the difference between a guy, you know, in this case, it's a local sheriff. He, you know, they they live here. They actually have to live in the county, generally, and mm-hmm. you know, they they are, you know, around. So they know people, they, they, there's a big focus, which is a direction that comes from the sheriff trying to be involved. That doesn't mean they're all perfect and they all, um, you know, there's some offices and the sheriffs that aren't so great, you know, and the same thing with the local city cops here and, and where I live uh, way North, um, you know, it's the same type of thing, you know, there's networking still, there's still that local cop mentality that's managed to survive, but all it takes one guy to come in and all of a sudden wipe that away. And that's that's, that's right. one of the problems is that that will happen, especially if there's questions of funding, yeah. questions of other things. And what, what's going to happen once you equip police with automatic weapons, with what the Democrats are always screaming up and down are weapons wards. Like I can see just from a, a law enforcement perspective, a reason to have, you know, at least a minimum number of those weapons in a squad capable of using them if you have an unprecedented situation with you know, some extremely heavily armed fentanyl runners or whatever the drug of choice that's being trafficked up through Canada down to California through through Idaho or whatever. And they get in a situation where a shotgun's not enough and they can call such a unit. 
you know, obviously there is a reason to have that, but there's a balance between, well, let's just load you up with all this stuff. And then it's like, well, you're just looking for a reason to use it. So you'll end up calling a SWAT raid during the day when standard law enforcement practice on, on so like we don't send the cops into danger. We'll just launch the tear gas and, and uh, other stuff into the house that eventually will push them out without any problem. Right. Mike, uh, Mike nailed, Mike nailed it on the head. Mike nailed it on the head just a second ago. The reality is the Democrats allow crime. They know how to, st everyone knows how to stop crime. You know how to stop crime. You punish it. You punish crime and it stops. The Democrats allow crime to get out of control precisely so that they have an excuse to militize the, the police. That's it. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. Then they act like that's not what they're doing, right? Then they go, oh, we, you know, we're all about defunding. No more police. The police are bad. No, they want militarized police. That's the only way they stay in power, right? The only way they stay in power is, is with a, a homegrown military that, uh, that keeps us all in check. Um, so it, it's a whole game because now we're in a position where – it's hard to say, I don't want police to have all this stuff because people go, whoa, 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 what are you soft on crime? No, I, I, I want the crime solved so that we don't have to have militarized police. Yeah, right. I mean, and it, it seems like they're building a, a case for uh, Judge Dredd. You know, I mean, yeah, that's exactly uh, it. it's right. exactly what's happening. Yeah. And it's the Hegelian dialectic, too. It's a it's a false dichotomy. I have yep. to choose to defund the police or I have to choose to support the police. There's no there's no reasonable alternative to those things. And by the way, it's the police who are going to be enforcing things like what Tony Blair wants, which is a global database of who has taken the experimental serum. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. So there's a convergence of these issues. And, you know, and in, this, in this false Hegelian dialectic where we are forced to have the American flag with the blue stripe in it, where we back the blue and we're for law and order, I'm for law and order, but I don't back the blue. And it's possible to, to, to parse this issue out uh, in terms that are not uh, sort of fed to us in a bumper sticker mentality, because I don't back the blue when they come knocking on my door to find out whether or not I'm properly educating my children in the state run educational system or in the state religion. Uh, I don't back the blue with respect to the the uh, biological weapons that I choose not to inject into their bloodstreams, you know, and 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 the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, you don't even have to be a, you know, a an, an algorist or, or, or a, you know, an anarchist uh, like Ryan is to see that we have a real problem on our hands. And, um, you know, if you walk down down Olympic Avenue in downtown Los Angeles you see police tanks in broad daylight, as Bug said, broad daylight. Um, yep. What are they doing? We don't know. Um, but what we do know is they're not stopping crime. Yep. But that's, yeah. but that's the excuse. The excuse is, oh, look at all this crime. We have to, you know, we, we have to. And then they play as if they're on opposite sides, right? Um, but the reality is the you know, they're getting all their funding from the people who are allowing the crime to get out of control. Look, if 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 you make punishments for crime severe, um, people stop committing crimes. Um, yeah, right. It, it, yeah, you're absolutely it, right. And go ahead, bud. 
that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's that in a nutshell. Make it, you know, make punishments for crimes severe and uh, and people stop committing the crimes. And then you don't need a police state. Um, and right. Democrats love the revolving door system because the criminals stay out on the road. And that's the excuse for more funding. But it's because they don't care about those people. Those people are useful idiots. Right. They care about people like uh, Mike there who, you know, who wants to run his family the way he wants. Um you know, like James, who uh, wants to raise his children in the Catholic faith, and like Ryan, who wants to uh, make his uh, livelihood um, in the in the way that he sees fit. Right. That's that's who they that's who they want to use that police state against. Um, Precisely. And, and, and the, the crime is just a useful point. model. Yeah, we're going to get to a point. If you look at the rhetoric on the left, if you ever take a adventure into leftist Twitter, for example, and just the, the, the delusional takes of some of these people, you realize that if these people are the ones who are going to be electing politicians and getting into positions of power themselves, what we're going to see in probably a decade or maybe less, heaven forfend, uh, is that being a <clears throat> having never had a homosexual experience, having been only with the woman you're married with and never having had an affair will be marked as a sign of terrorism and they will be deadly serious about it. It won't be a joke. They will actually be looking at you for that reason if uh, you know you haven't had an extramarital affair even because yeah. that's a sign of right-wing extremist terrorism. And that's where it's going to go because they hate the family so much. They are going to use the state as a cudgel. And so your crime is following natural law as well as God's is, you know, divine positive law. And that, that's going to be a terrorist crime. I, I know that sounds crazy, Ryan. It sounds crazy if you're just tuning into the rundown and this is your first time here and you're thinking these guys are nuts. But just, you know, look, let's 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 place ourselves in the position of the frog slowly boiling to death. In 2009, when Barack Hussein Obama came to power, uh, the Department of Justice uh, issued a warning that people with Ron Paul stickers and pro-life paraphernalia on their cars may be domestic terrorists. OK, and that was shocking back then. It's, it's now kind of taken for granted now that, yeah, of course, yeah, it's all it's an it's a all. Now they could take your kids if you don't affirm whatever uh, gender identity that the, their kindergarten teacher assigned them. That's right. And if you refuse to use the pronouns, you know, you may be guilty of something that, you know, and they're not asking for much. Just 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 say the damn pronouns. Hi, my name is Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, they and them. What are your pronouns? See, do you see how easy that is, people? All you have to do is ask somebody what their pronouns are, and then, I don't know, just respect it. It is really not that hard of a concept. And for all those people out there making it like a big, huge deal, you look like an idiot. It's really not. It, it's, it's, it's called respect, right? Respect. So let's try this again. Hi, my name is Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. What are your pronouns? Let's be friends. Fejo narcissism. I, I'm pronouncing it Fejo, just in case this ends up on uh, one of the other platforms. Um, so there's a solution to this. I, I, I get a lot of flack. Uh, on social media because I talk about things like spanking and, you know, uh, normal stuff that people now say, no, 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 you, you, we don't, you don't talk about that stuff in public. No, look, now 
we still, this is still um, child's play, right? Like the reality is we're still in child's play land where we get to practice. We get to practice being moral absolutists who hold our ground on every little thing. And, and realistically, the consequences right now are still very small. Right. I mean, what you lose your job, that's a small consequence. If you look at how bad things have gotten in history, you know, you, there's all sorts of small consequences. You lose your license. Ah, OK, well, you don't get to drive, you know, figure out another way to get to mass, whatever the case is. Little consequences right now. Now's the time to practice. Now's the time to be vocal about how you live your life and and warn as many people as possible. Um, because there's a lot of people that are going to be shocked and steamrolled when it gets real. Um, and then you've got guys, you know, guys like me who uh, I'm just I'm just ready. Right. I, I, I'm having fun right now. This is fun you, for me. You, you were born ready. And you're right to the to your point about the effeminate man, which is the you know nine and ten men in, in these United States who is so inconvenienced by, you know, the melting of his ice cream in the parking lot, you know, on his way from Walmart to home that, you know, he may need to have a, uh, a mental support animal like a cat, you know, for anxiety or whatever. Um, that, that man's not going to survive when the consequences to living a principled life um, actually cost him something. Absolutely not. What is a principled man? First, it's a man who knows the principles. It's a man who lives them. But most importantly, the third step is a man who lives them regardless of what the consequences are to living out those principles, including and up to death. And so lots of people on Catholic Twitter, there are lots of armchair theologians. There are lots of people who say you should say this and don't do this and stop attacking these people. And you should. I, here's how I would deal with the adversity that you're living through. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are precious few, precious few, James, men in these United States and in the Catholic Church who are willing to not only learn the principles and apply them, but apply them when it matters. Not when it's convenient, not when it's easy, not when there's no sacrifice involved, but apply them when it really is going to cost something. And you say to yourself, the principle and its application is worth more to me than the, the mental cost, the emotional cost, the financial cost, the physical cost, um, the cost of the integrity of, my, uh, of, of, of even my body, right? And, um, and, and I, the fact of the matter is, as I survey at least my circle of friends, and I like to think that I have a large circle of friends. I like to think that. I like to think, hey, I know a lot of people, right? You're I a super spreader, Mike. I'm a super spreader. <laughs> I'm, a super, I'm the kind of guy who goes with COVID out into the public and spreads it, okay? But, um, but I, you know, outside of the rundown and a few other people, the, four, the three of you on this broadcast, I don't know that I actually know a lot of people who are willing to literally put it on the line for a principle. I don't know too many. You know, uh, Bug is absolutely right, and you're making a very good point. Uh, we, uh, those of us who got ahead of this whole COVID uh, thing, you can kind of say we had done prep work before the time in order to get our minds uh, ready. You know, we had already 
accepted certain realities about the state in which in which we live we know we can identify who to trust you know who not to trust and uh we can identify certain things that are not the powers of the state and we can we can identify what our rights are supposed to be right so these are certain things and these are the, these are just tip tip of the iceberg you know i'm just naming certain things that is very easy based on logic and reason uh, to understand why we positioned ourselves a, a certain a certain way, along with other people, of course. But I'm using us as a sample here because we're all four seated here together, um, and so there's not much uh, confusion as to uh, what sort of battles lie ahead because we've already considered what it what it might take you know, in, in order for us to maintain this position. And it's not a popular position. It never has been a popular position. You know, we stand opposed to tyranny, you know, either by the state or, you know, by those who claim to, to you know, to, to have uh, uh, powers in the church, which they don't actually have, or those who exercise those powers uh, illegally. And so we can sit here and sort of understand what it takes to preserve ourselves so that we can stand before God and say, yes, Lord, uh, I did all within my power to protect those things which you gave to me. Um, and people today are not so conscientious about these things. They have sat, they, they have been sitting down for a long time and sort of consuming whatever the world was giving to them. You know, whether it's media, whether it's the, the new church with its new religion, and not questioning anything because they're saying, well, the argument, you know, they're appealing to authority. Well, what does that mean to appeal to authority if that authority is exercising powers that are not with within its competency, for instance, you know? And so people don't want to take the extra step to question. They just want to see themselves as... Uh, uh, virtue, you know, these virtue, virtue signalers. Well, I'm doing what is expected of me without any question. And so I am more superior to you. This is a huge problem. Uh, and it's a problem of our time. And it's going to continue to be a problem until we sort of face the fact, you know, like the way for us, the way forward is to question everything before we give our assent. But today we don't want to question. We just want to say, well, you know, I'm living in this state. And this is this is what is expected of me, and so I'm going to do it. That's a huge problem. It's a huge um, a break from the way our forefathers thought, you know. And it's yeah. So mm -hmm. I saw a tweet today which listed out the ages of uh, our our founding fathers, and of course, you know, in these United States, we're supposed to speak of these Freemasons, these young Freemasons, with their with their idealistic, uh, you know, pre-communist worldview. Uh, in hushed tones of reverence, uh, these these founding fathers. But however, comma, the median age that I saw on Twitter anyway was like late 20s, early 30s. Meanwhile, the men and women who are running the world, the, 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 the Schwabs, the Bidens, the Pelosi's, the Fauci's, they're all in their 80s, you know? And yeah. so the, I think there is something to be said for... When, you, when a man is in, in the height of his prime and his vigor and is ready for anything, that's when, that's when he should be leading people, not you know, when he's looking backwards on his life, 
we need those people around. We need wisdom. We need to be surrounded by people who have been there and done that and, and who can take from whom we can take counsel, Ryan, uh, and, and, and who have had time to reflect and out of reflection have uh, developed the virtue of wisdom. Um, you know, that it's, it seems like it's so hard for us young guys who are in the thick of it and have, you know, less time, frankly, but we have, we, what we lack in time and wisdom and, and, and reflect reflection, we certainly make up for in youthful vigor. And we're the ones who are going to be standing up to the state on these principles. And so anyway, I, I just, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the people who founded this country, uh, of course, it was a time when people lived didn't didn't live as long so the life expectancy wasn't as long okay i get that but even adjusting for that relatively young men ryan whereas we be we are ruled by you know by boomers hate to say it sorry i I said the b word but it's true and remember in the negative sense of that word not you if you were watching the rundown um but back in those days too i mean one of the things like people you know the life expectancy wasn't too far off from what it is now but about 10 20 years and so it wasn't like you get people running around everyone died at 30 which is complete nonsense they get that by factoring in infant mortality and that brings the overall average down whereas the average person once they you know make it through infancy does live to the, in their 50s on average so but even then that's short where we see somebody dies in their 50s today we say wow that, that was a that was a short life a lot of people feel kind of disappointed and say yeah you should have lived longer so you know, there's uh, people that work hard, um, even if you were a um, <clears throat> gentry, you still had to physically work. You had to be a man. You had to rule a household that wasn't just servants. That was also your children. That was also, um, you know, whatever, you know, you're employed in. And, you know, so people had to do hard work. And especially when you get into more egalitarian societies like over here in the, in the colonial period, um everyone's working everyone's a man even the landed gentry are working at points so they get you know they've endured hard work and and that's something that partly because of technology partly because of how fat and easy things have been you know people have not had to do very much hard work and they haven't done things that are difficult some of the things that would be useful in a, in a healthy setting are actually dangerous like in a healthy society uh some kind of military service or militia service would actually be an ideal and noble thing but as we've discussed here before the current state of the military um is not a healthy place if you want to live your catholic faith from the from the top or from from uh you know horizontally then you look at you know we, we talked about police departments things that again should be noble all right, and uh, you know, upholding natural law and common law, right? Um, you know, for the good of the the commonweal, that's all been corrupted, like we talked about. And people in general, I made a, a pop culture tweet. I'm not going to bring in the pop culture discussion because I know a lot of people get get annoyed with that. So I'm just going to leave it at with the writing in modern television. I think it's reflective of where even people who aren't as wacky left commies as the people in Hollywood. That when they say we're updating this for modern for uh, the world we live in, they mean South Central Los Angeles, the good parts of it. <laughs> they won't go to the bad parts. Um, <laughs> and these people have never done anything in their lives. They graduated from college. The worst thing that ever happened to them is they got misgendered, or they got turned down for a date because they they have a pink mullet and a nose ring or something. And that's the worst thing that's happened to these people. And they write things where people are in serious settings where that are under military discipline, like. Star Trek Discovery, appropriately abbreviated to STD. And in every important plot point, what do they do? Uh, 
talk about feelings. We got to talk about our, how we feel about things. And it's so constant throughout the show. It's absurd. And that's how these people actually are. And that's how a lot of men are, too. There's men on that writing staff that wrote this nonsense, this trash, because they never had to work and do hard things in life. And that's true for a lot of, I mean, it's true for members of my generation. It's it far more for those under it and, the, and those coming after that. They don't generally have to do hard work. Uh, my boys did a job for someone this summer, and they're 13 and 11, but most people think they're 16 and 19. And my oldest boys and they got uh, work done in about two hours that the lady complained when I went to pick them up that, you know, well, they got all that. I can't believe they got it done so fast. We had a couple of 36 year olds out here and it took them a week to do what these kids did, you know, because they've had to do hard work. Um, and, and that's that's the reality of the human condition till the soil. Right. And it's one of those things that, that may, even if you're not literally tilling the soil or homesteading or whatever, but you're doing some kind of labor, you have to encounter adversity and you have to overcome it. And you see that, you know, in the way even people react online, as soon as somebody attacks them and they get all whiny and cry and, oh, I'm a non-person since such and such a date. And it's like and they're moaning about it. Not everyone likes what I said. It's like, come on. When you're on the internet, someone is going to attack you. That's just life. You either get a thick skin and deal with it or get off. A lot of people don't have a thick enough skin. They want to go, you know, informally the get Twitter support to ban the other person. Yeah, right. To be I fair, was... though, Ryan, good, good, good help can be very hard to find. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. That looks like it hurt, but it's, it does look like I'm not laughing at his misfortune. I'm laughing no. at the stupidity of the other guy. I mean, <laughs> incompetence now, alone could tank our enti entire society at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a single field that isn't just wrought with incompetence. Um, you talked about writers, though. I just want to say something real quick. That was the hardest part. I ran a development company for a long time. A lot of times ideology is not the problem because we can weed that out, right? Like we can kind of like mess with what they, what the writers say and, and weed out the ideology they're trying to slip in. You can't find a writer that can write a masculine man without making him a cartoonish joke. Yeah. If you have, you're, you've got some project about Chesty Puller or some, you know, some real man, you can't find a writer to write that character. There is no writer that can do it because they, they have no idea how a real man behaves. Yeah. And, and, and people are so desperate for masculinity now that they're willing to pay up to 1500 pounds uh, to do something hard and, and get dirty. But uh, I think they're missing the mark on this one. Hey. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a lovely day. I, I was first recommended the spa by a friend in the city. I wasn't sure at first. But um, this will be my sixth retreat. And honestly, it's, it's been life-changing. give them well what we give the normal pigs you know we've got some carrots we've got some lettuce normally organic stuff you pay a bit more for that bug I, I don't know i don't know if you've considered opening up your property to uh to making it a, a pig retreat it could be a big big business venture yeah, I don't know what uh, Gretchen Whitmer's up to these days. So I'm not sure, but uh, I think I think she'd she'd fit right in. I can think of a few others. <laughs> That's great, right? Right, you, 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 yeah. you've got animals. Have you ever thought to monetize your animals in such a manner? No, I, I don't think that's ever uh, <laughs> that's ever come to mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> I th I think I would rather have the actual pigs. Um, than the kind of people that would pay to roll around in squalor like pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, though, to be fair, not everyone would pay for the opportunity to roll around in squalor. I mean, this is this is Los Angeles and, and they're doing it f for free. I think an argument could be made that all of those people are also living like pigs, James, and uh, they didn't have to pay the twelve hundred uh, uh, British pounds to to do so. In fact, uh, it's it's pretty low low cost for them. I yeah. bet some of them are even subsidized. Oh yeah, and they all they all look like they're free range, so they're allowed to sort of wander wherever they want within <laughs> within. Uh, yeah, you know. So I think I think they they have a better uh, option than than paying paying money to, to live uh, within a very constricted uh, uh, square footage. So, yeah. <laughs> What's his what? name is doing a fantastic job out there in California. Nancy yeah. Pelosi's uh, nephew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that are totally not fake and not staged, you know, speaking of uh, not being manipulated by, by uh, conservative or even Catholic media. I'm still trying to get my mind around the fact that I've been arrested for silent thoughts going on in the privacy of my own head. My faith is a central part of who I am. So sometimes I'd stand or walk near an abortion facility and pray about this issue. Police asked me what I was doing one afternoon near the abortion center. I was clearly just standing there, motionless. I was completely silent. I let the police officers know that I might be praying inside my own head. That's all I was doing, thinking, lifting up my thoughts to God in silent prayer. 
This was enough for them to arrest me and take me to the station. Before doing this, they searched me on the pavement, even searching through my hair and confiscating the tissues from my pockets. When I was taken down to the police station, I was then grilled about what I was thinking. Later, they let me know that I've now been charged on four counts because of the thoughts I've been thinking and where I was thinking them. You don't have Let's back up. A couple of weeks ago, we didn't cover this because we've run out of time, but this woman was arrested outside of an abortion mill in the United Kingdom, uh, ostensibly for standing there praying. What nobody, and the whole thing was caught on camera. What nobody asked is who was filming it and why was the person filming it not questioned by the police and allowed to get away with it. And then within hours of her arrest being released online, we have this highly dramatized edited bug you know how much would go into producing something like this where you've got a multiple camera interview going on with her and within hours of her arrest we have we have the outrage uh reaction uh, video put out into the media i'm i'm surprised mike because uh i know your your film acumen and um i'm surprised you didn't recognize the similarity between that footage and the footage uh of greta thunberg being arrested I'm pretty sure it was the same film crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a German film crew that was flown over to the very, UK. very, very good connection bug. I enjoyed. You can that. never trust yeah. the Germans. Is, no, I think no, it was, no. It's, it's, they they have been the problem from day one. I'll tell you what, from day there's one, there's nothing about the Teutonic people that is just uh, patently untrustworthy. It's. Uh, It'd be a sad thing if 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 it, if it were actually her husband filming that and watching the whole thing go down. Oh man, that would actually be even more fitting for our, our current state uh, of society. Um, yep. That I would I would buy in a second. Yep. It, it would. Um, that's disgusting, but it's probably absolutely true. It's yep. it's, and we're the only ones to see it. The rundown yeah. would be the only ones to tell you, hey, you're being played here. Look at this a little bit closer. And if you're listening to or watching the rundown right now, a quick pause to ID the fact that we are now partnered with the Crusade Channel. We're simulcasting with them, crusadechannel.com, radio how it should be. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly possible that it's that it's a both end, right? I mean, it's certainly possible that the the Stasi in, in the UK is cracking down on silent prayer and all you know all of that because uh, we know that's coming i mean we know that sort of behavior is coming from the government and and the uk is always five years ahead of us uh as far as uh leftism goes um but it's also you know it's kind of the uh the rosa parks thing right you know yeah fully staged setup uh right, right. for this for the sake of of the the, the public show Right, or, or the Anne Frank thing, who never existed. It will be decided by the answers to questions that we are going to be asking you. Okay, what? <laughs> it's a joke. This activity is intended to explore how society favours one race over others. People often confuse white privilege with being wealthy or being rich and it isn't about that what it's about is the absence of having to live with the consequences of racism now if the question applies to you you will take a big step forward if the answer to the question doesn't apply to you 
You stay where you are. I'd better win, man. Oh. Okay, make sure you're on the start line. I see some cheaters already. Yeah, Feet behind the line. If English is your parents' first language, oh. take a step forward. Oh, yeah. If you have ever been the only person in the room of your race, take a step backwards. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, for God's sake! If you've never been asked where you come from, take a step forward. If you have never had to be worried about your family being stopped and searched, Take a step forward. I don't worry about if people ask me to stop and search. The divide widens and the inequality of their position becomes clear. This is just like not fair now. Far away. Far None of us are white. None of us are white. It's unfair. So, the last question. If your parents have ever warned you about racism, take a step forward. Backwards. If we were about to start a race, is this a fair starting no. point for us all? No. Makai, no. no. how do you... <laughs> we must hate who Social we engineering. Are. Yeah. We get Social engineering at its finest. You know what it's like learn. is that teacher's experiment back in, what was the 60s? where she just started uh, <clears throat> practicing segregation by eye color or red hair if you were Irish or what. And she would just do this to, you know, supposedly make the kids aware of racism is really psychologically torturous. What she does to these kids are all happy, playing together perfectly nice. And then it's like, all right, well, he can't go to the water fountain because he's got green eyes and green eyes. We're not going to let you go to the water fountain, but he's got red hair. And that means he's got to sit in the back of the classroom. Right. And this is, I think, in the 60s or something like that. And it's a psychological conditioning thing that they do to keep you divided from the people in your society so that you'll you'll always be looking at each other with suspicion and not at the bankers or right. the Pentagon or I, intelligence agency. Yeah. I bet if That's they had a bunch of yeah, I bet if they had a bunch of uh, Irish kids there, they'd all be in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, the, there, oh. there's another layer to it, though, Ryan. Um all of these people have an absolute hatred um, in the deepest part of them. They have an absolute hatred for innocence. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's why when you follow the trail long enough, right? When you follow the trail long enough, you always end up with the Jamie Lee Curtis's and those, those weird pictures on the walls and, you know, going back to the, the problem in Africa um, that George was trying to un uncover. Right. So like what you're seeing there, is the beginning steps towards that behavior, right? Because that behavior is not a, not a behavior of lust, right? That's, that's not what causes predatory behavior of children. That's not what causes it. It's, a, it's an absolute malice and hatred for innocence. It's a destruction of innocence. Mm -hmm. um, and at the, at the very beginning, the leftists always target kids. Mm-hmm. I did a gender reveal with both of my children, but it's not something that I would do if we ever had another baby. And the reason why I'm against it, because you don't know your baby's gender. It's impossible to know a baby's gender. You can only know your baby's sex. Sex is about the physical characteristics. Gender is something that they decide for themselves. 
when I look back on the things that I did with my first baby, I cringe, but that's just what happens when you grow and evolve and learn more. If we have another baby, I will try my hardest to not find out the sex at all until the baby is born. See how she's making public reparation for her heresy, for her sins. See how she's humiliating herself. And yeah. uh, yes, Humiliation. Yes, uh, and, yeah. and, and now she is she is on uh, the page that she needs to be on, or at least she thinks that she needs to be on. But there's a deeper philosophical error here, James, which, you know, that, that this idea that um, that what exists in your mind is more real than what exists in physical and objective reality. In other words, you may have, you, you may present, there, there was a headline today that I, I don't think I can even repeat in polite company, but we're on the run now. Uh, and it had something to do with, she raped someone with her penis. Uh, and that was a headline in Scotland. And this person is being tried, this man is being tried for crimes because he raped a bunch of women, but, uh, but, but he identifies as a woman. But the error is an error of, um, it, it manifests in, in this, this problem of identity of what a thing is. And, you know, back when Bill Clinton debated the meaning of the word is, that was a big joke. Uh, now, all of life is a big joke. And that error has spread because nothing is anything. Um, you can present the physical components of something, but what is in your mind now is more real. This immanentism is more real than what is than than objective reality, and your mind can just change. Yeah, uh, th this is a big problem of the 21st century, which has been going on for, for quite a while, actually, right? Because then we go back to metaphysics and the definition of uh, nominalism. Uh, versus uh, universalism and basically living with the uh, well, I guess with the imagination that uh, things are are merely just names and labels and have no uh, underlying reality to them except the names and the labels that they're given. And so, you at any point in time, depending on what you're feeling, you can change the definition. Right. And this is I mean, what are we doing here? Are we are we all infantile people who just don't want to deal with any measure of truth, any measure of reality? This is a huge problem. And so we're letting these people out there create these false um, uh, principles, which are ever changing, you know, to what end? It, it's basically going to create a situation now where. Uh, everyone is confused. And then again, you know, the hammer from the philosopher king comes down and eventually says to us, this is what it's going to be. You know, I'm solving your problem. I'm solving your problems by creating this new measure of reality, this new measure of, of identity, and all of you must, must conform, you know? So we're at that precipice right now where nothing ever, no, nothing's making sense. And people want to have something that makes sense in theory, right? Um, but then we're given this whole woke um, ideology to consume and to claim in our minds that 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 false uh, reality or that imagination is reality. But sooner or later, you know, we're going to be, you know, hit with the heavy hammer of uh, some thought police who comes down hard and gives us false definitions. And those false definitions definitions are going to separate us into sheep and into goats. Um, you know, this is kind of 
this is it's kind of where we are and it's it's a it's a declining uh society uh and we're soon going to reap the un- unfortunate benefits which I, I shouldn't say benefits but the unfortunate uh, uh, results the conclusion of this insanity is coming very soon i am not gay i have relationships with women sex with men and i got news for you <laughs> all right you've been watching the rundown for a long time you know that it is time for us to get to the most important segment not the unpopular opinion segment that's probably the second most important uh segment of the show but the, the most important thing that we do here the, the main reason that brings us together honestly uh it's to grip <laughs> Ryan is always first up to grip, <laughs> and he, he was caught with his books shelved. He was caught with his books shelved, people, and this is a this is a not good situation. No, it's not a good situation. So, so I finally got them in. The month of holy souls. Oh, back. And hardcover. It's finally in. Looks fantastic. Um, it's just an excellent. Uh, like if you if you're familiar with uh, Father Berlieu in his other works, uh, he was a diocesan priest. He's noble. You know, starts to point on different aspects of uh, purgatory, and then he gives you know he gives an example of uh, in, a, in various things in the book. It's just fantastic stuff all around. Um, I'm not going to believe her. I thought about reading a section, but it's too long. I'm not going to believe her, the Griff. So anyway, so this is a great uh, book to get, even though it's not November, but you're armed and ready for it. Plus, you can do it any month like all the other ones. You know, to, if you'll humor me to walk away, I should have done this already. I'm going to get all four of them now. I'm going to send him to outer space to find Another race. Anyway, um, uh-oh, what did I do there? Looks like I turned off my camera. Uh, let me see if I can get it back on. There, you're okay. Uh, you're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. <laughs> We're filibustering. I believe that together we can make America great again. What, what are you, gay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can definitely smell shite. <laughs> There he goes. Wait a minute. Uh, where are you? Okay. Finally got it going again. Technical difficulties. This is teleprompter free. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> From Afghanistan or the Middle East want to stay in Europe. Shouldn't they be allowed to? Limited number? Okay. But the whole Europe eventually become Muslim country. Impossible. Or African country also impossible. 
There's nothing wrong with that, is there? I mean, you're yeah, a refugee they yourself. They themselves, I think, better to their own land, climatically. Uh, much better. Europe too cold. My parents moved from India to the UK. That's now their home. That's okay too, isn't it? If Indians or anyone else wants to live in Europe? Uh, I think England, the small island, 90% uh, uh, become Indian. Uh, then I don't know. <laughs> Your Holiness, a lot. All right, just don't, don't move, don't go off. All right, anyway, here they are, the all four volumes. These are the only four that he did. It'd be nice if he did it a month for every single month of the year, but he did four. So these are what you get, Month of St. Joseph, Month of the Sacred Heart, Month of Our Lady, and the Month of Holy Souls. And so all of these available, MediatrixPress.com. Uh, I've got a lot of other great books in stock on everything i believe um and uh so so do help support us i still have lots of things coming up that i need to pay for and i'd like to do it um by earning my bread instead of doing some other gofundme or whatever <clears throat> asking for money so people wanted updates on my wife we're still kind of in this holding uh, holding pattern of trying to heal her gut and heal other things or some personal health in there that I don't want to divulge too much of. But if you just keep her in her prayers, some days are better than others. Yesterday was a pretty down day for me because she was in a really bad state. I thought for sure I'd have to take her into the hospital or something worse. And then, you know, she rebounded is a lot better today. So uh, we got some other things scheduled, you know, coming up. So yeah, just please, uh, you know, keep us in your prayers. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Um, this evening, I want to present to you. We were talking a bit earlier on about uh, certain uh, certain things pertaining to uh, philosophy. You might wonder where we get all these terms from, or how to understand these terms. Uh, very important book. This is an easy to read book. Uh, can you see this? This is called Socratic Logic, and it's written by Peter Kraft. Peter Kraft is a professor of philosophy at, I think, Boston University still. I, I could be wrong. Um, basically, uh, he writes book this book from uh, the perspective of so uh, Socrates and Aristotle and Aquinas and building together this uh, magnificent uh, work here that helps you better understand uh, principles of philosophy, uh, particularly uh, logic uh, and various topics within logic, uh, understanding what definitions are, what terms are, what categories are, uh, what fallacies of language there are. And uh, certainly it's a book uh, I used in college, actually. I used this book in college, and um, it's a good foundational book for anybody wanting to understand how uh, to understand, uh, you know, topics of uh, today and how to argue points uh, a little bit better and uh, it's it's very uh, sober book. It's light reading. I would say it's light reading. Uh, there's certain certainly other books you can read that are heavier reading material, including the Summa and uh, and other works. But this is a very valuable work here, and I think uh, this is a good start. You know, uh, you can read this and uh, basically understand a little bit more, uh, or at least be more uh, educated in precise use of precise language. Peter Crift, great book, Socratic Logic. <laughs>
<laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Bug Hall has nothing to grift this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing to grift. Nothing to grift. No, no book recommendations, no website referrals, no uh, um, resources. You guys, you guys praying your rosaries out there? That's you, good. You run, you run downians. You run downians yeah. that are watching. You praying your rosary? I do that. Um, if yeah. they do, can they be on the team? I, 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 I heard that a uh, a credible authority on the subject says you're on the team. Um, and I, I, I tend, I tend to listen to him. Um, follow me on, on Twitter though. Uh, my, my new Twitter is back to one media. Um, since I got nuked, I got nuked for, um, speaking for eating, about, babies. For, for, for eating babies. Actually, it was just a commentary about, um, how San Franciscan acts are actually just a simulation and can't be properly called that act as it uh, exists within marriage. Um, and it's, it's a non-unitive, non-procreative act. That was it. Um, I just you used love the that proper, definition. Yeah. I used the proper terminology, um, which got me nuked, nuked from Twitter. By the way, it was, uh, it was left cats. I've been in arguments with Satanists. I've been in arguments with um, uh, all kinds of secular leftists and, uh, I've had, by the way, that commentary was from an argument I had a month earlier with some San Franciscans who, after the argument was done, went on their merry way, um, very merry way, um, without, uh, without reporting the, the, you know, the content of the argument. It was the left cast that had a problem with me a month later about something else that scrolled a month back through my Twitter and mass reported me for that one tweet. So, you know, anyways. I, I was going to ask you, Bug, if we could refer to San Franciscans as Ferndalians. But then, <laughs> then you started talking about left cats. And I also thought maybe we could just refer to them as Ferndalians. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, 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 it starts to get a little confusing um, with the same definition uh, or the <laughs> same the same terminology. Is. What would Kraft or Socrates say about that distinction? I don't know. <laughs> Today, I would like to grift my legal defense against Church Militant and the Ferndalians. I owe tens of thousands of dollars to my attorneys. For the grave crime of not seeking Michael Voris's blessing prior to launching a fundraiser in defense of a priest who is presumed to be innocent until by a sh beyond a shadow of a doubt he is proven guilty. This priest has not pled out. He's not taken a plea deal. He's pled not guilty. He's, fought, he's fighting every day. And from my understanding of his current circumstances, he's being deprived of the sacraments, all access to grace. Uh, and and he, they won't even give the man a rosary. They won't give him his breviary. And so he has to pray uh, whatever portions of the divine office that he can re remember after being in solitary confinement for, uh, what is it, almost a year, uh, bounced around in the back of vans, transported from here to there, probably at three in the morning. And uh, still, this man has not been proven guilty by our uh, corrupt criminal justice system. And he is presumed to be innocent. And because I defended him, because I said, you know what? Things don't add up in this case. 
uh, my life, livelihood, and uh, name and good reputation were irreparably marred and uh, taken away from me by the blackmailing perjurers, uh, the Ferndalians, as we'll call them, Christine Viles and uh, Mike Virus. And um, I, for, I, for whatever reason, they just decided that they wanted to make an example out of me. Well, unfortunately for them, they've made a poor example because I'm still here and I'm still talking about them. Tens of thousands of dollars later, though, which I still owe. You can go to GiveSendGo.com slash DefeatCMTV, as in Defeat Church Militants TV. GiveSendGo.com slash DefeatCMTV. Help me climb out of my legal bills so that we can keep this grift going, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now we got to do the... the... I, exactly. <laughs> we got to... I need the cash counting... Cat is what I need, <laughs> and if we if we're not doing that, we're doing something wrong here on the rundown. Oh, um, Bug, you know, you know, the, you know the rules of the road here. You are required to show up as a rundown guest with the most unpopular opinion you can think of. This is an opinion that you believe is true and is voted upon on Twitter. Twitter poll. We'll let you put it out, Bug. And we'll all retweet it to help grow your regrow your new audience. Uh, so you're going to vote for the person whose opinion really just rattles. <laughs> And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Prepare to be mesmerized. Get on your tinfoil hats. Get out your pies for opinions more unpopular than an alpha male at a gender studies retreat. It's the Rundown's own unpopular opinions segment. <laughs> so who won last week i don't even know you i won by a healthy margin too wow i did win Boo. Boo. man you know my uh oh man i didn't I even was... talk to you about this bug my opinion last week was most trads are communists and i just refused to explain it i said if you want to hear the explanation you need to subscribe to our broadcasting partners <laughs> crusadechannel.com crusadechannel.com Radio the way it should be, so that you can hear my full expose on traditionalists who are really just communists posing as traditionalists. Uh, that is going to be out next week. I hope people can consume it. But I believe it. Most trads are commies, and I've experienced it. Yep. Uh, me and you have had many a conversations on that. And uh, it's it's an unfortunate reality. It's an unfortunate reality that the – because what is a communist, right? Like, forget all the – Forget all the little details about Marxism and all of that. Uh, it's ultimately a disdain for people with more money, more power, whatever you don't have, right? Um, that's the mark of a communist. That is the mark of a communist. Um, speaking of which, there are <laughs> – not that there are communists in the chat. There probably are. Uh, because, because you know, let's be honest. Ferndalians are paid. Is White Wolf in the chat? I want to know. Is White Wolf in the chat today? Oh, oh, he's there. He's there. White Wolf. You White Wolf watches you guys. White I Wolf. love White. I love White Wolf. We actually got to meet him a couple weeks ago when we invited uh, when we invited the live chat to join the rundown, which I'm making a, a, an unauthorized spur of the moment decision to re-invite anyone in the chat to join the rundown for this for the post segment because why not? Uh, the link is out there. You can click it. If you want to join the rundown, you can get in there. But we're going to do the real unpops here, starting with Ryan. 
and um, and bug take these take these down mentally because you'll release the pull. Okay, so uh, my unpopular opinion this week was someone reticent to give it because I know there there's subscri subscribers to the view in the chat, um, and I'm not meaning to to personally insult you, rather other people. Um, as we saw uh, with uh, Benedict the Sixteenth's passing, those who subscribe to the theory that he is still the Pope are, you know, have been saying, okay, well, now there, there's, there's no real Pope. Okay. Now, uh, you know, Francis is an anti-Pope, which again, if the church tells me this in the future under a future Pope or an imperfect council or whatever, I will have zero problem believing that. In the meantime, I'm just going to wait for the church, but you have people and I, and I, I gave an unpop that didn't win. I thought for sure it would a few weeks ago, and I'm going to go a little harder. You have, one of the very leaders of the entire uh, thing, Alexis Spagnolo, um, <laughs> who has... Uh, He's a grifter. And, he, you know, he runs a fake military order. He's How many soldiers are in this order? It's, he's got, his general is a disabled <laughs> individual who weighs quite a bit. Uh, I don't want to mock his weight because he is apparently disabled. But, you know, he, you know, he claims to be Charlemagne's heir with an English peasant's name that goes back no earlier than the... 13th century, no pedigree of nobility signed off by a noble, which is what it used to take in order to demonstrate an actual title to nobility. And if uh, you would actually be put in stocks if you didn't have one. So, uh, but I guess maybe he's going to join uh, Alexis Bagnolo in Rome and they're going to call for a conclave and they're going to elect a new pope, supposedly. Well, so, if, if enough people donate. If enough people donate. There you are. <laughs> so I, I am going to, my unpopular opinion on this whole business without you know he's taking some shots on me at me i'm just gonna leave it um even though no university prof wants to use his book on bonaventure because it's got so many errors in the technical terms but i've been told that by five different profs so but as he attacks my work but anyway forget that the guy is calling for something that will never happen no bishop no currently i mean except for gracita who's, who's attached himself to the opinion and i doubt he'll even go frankly but um, even if he does, no current, you know, bishop holding, you know, that's currently in a see, no cardinal will show up to this thing, even if he gets the money to do it. And in the end, it's either going to do one of two things. It's going to be a big thing that fizzles out. And uh, I don't think our friends in Ferndale will ask too many questions about the money or uh, there'll be uh, Pope uh, Bungholio the first. So <laughs> one of the, one of those ways. That's what we're going to see out of that. There will be no election of an actual pope unless, bon, you know, B uh, Bagnolo declares himself pope <clears throat> or has a bunch of Ann Barnhart and Patrick Coffin declare him pope <laughs> or something like that. So anyway, that's going to be the whole thing's going to fizzle out. And so if you believe Benedict was really pope, you know, peace, you know, hold the faith. Um, but these guys are grifters and the whole thing is just ridiculous. That's none of, none of those three are Roman citizens, though. So it's not that. And the theory is that the Roman citizens would have to vote for a pope, right? Um, the Roman clergy. And then oh, the Roman clergy. The Roman clergy ah. Some theologians opine, if I'm not mistaken, I got a double. I haven't checked if the Roman clergy. They say if like uh, they used to put it in the in the ecclesiological manuals. If all the cardinals suddenly died, could you elect a pope? And they say, yes, in theory, the bishops could assemble in a, a you know conclave like they did at Constance and do that. But what happens if there's, um, after all the resignations and everything, but what happens if the bishops either can't meet or are so you know, underground or killed or whatever that 
you can't get bishops to to come and represent. Then they say that it would fall to the Roman clergy, who historically elected popes prior to uh, the cardinals doing it. <clears throat> and then, if I'm not mistaken, there's some theologians that opine that the Roman people themselves could do it. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe maybe uh, Brother Bugnolo is positioning himself as a Roman clergy. Maybe. He's, I don't know how long he's lived there, so maybe... I. He's not ordinary clergy, so that wouldn't fit what the theologians are talking about. So right, right, uh, right. And, and when mistaken, I, I don't think he was clergy. To him on Skype. When I spoke to him on Skype that time that he asked me to join his boards, be a CFO, and and potentially train military people uh, years ago, this is before he blocked me. Uh, he was living with his mother in Montana, so I don't I don't think it's been that long since he's been in Rome. James, uh, unpopular opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of you might be thinking, well, what's he going to say this week? He never has anything. You're right. I am scratching at straws here again. But <laughs> I do have one, though. I do have one this week. And this might be a little bit uh, of a jocular thing, but I'm nonetheless going to present it. Uh, because this is a something of consternation within my realm you know we talk about this fairly often with people i that i spend uh time with uh if you eat breakfast brush your teeth before you eat breakfast any other way is just uncivilized there are people who just go around they wake up in the morning they drink coffee and they eat breakfast and then they go brush their teeth i think it's pathologically just insane um and so i'm i'm proposing that People and people always argue about about this with me. Well, you know, what what if what if like no, if you have to brush your teeth twice, do it before and do it after. You know, just brush your teeth twice and stop stop complaining about it. You can't wake up out of bed, roll out of bed, say your morning prayer. I mean, I, I even find it hard to say morning prayer with my mouth just absolutely filled with just you know weird weird uh, you know uh, odiferous uh, smells in general. You know, so <laughs> you wake up in the morning. Uh, the first thing you do when you sit down in common with people is to breathe your nasty morning breath, you know, in their direction. I mean, why would you do that? That's absolutely rude. So you get get up in the morning, hit hit the bathroom, brush your teeth, and then if you're going to have breakfast, then that's the time to have breakfast. Um, and I find it, 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 you know, incredulous that most. I guess it's a North American thing. You know, people roll out of bed and then they just uh, hit the, they hit the coffee and they hit breakfast and then they go brush their teeth. I just I can't do it. How, how do you guys do that? You know, so my unpopular opinion this week is that, uh, you know, if you're eat, having breakfast, definitely brush your teeth first. And Ryan, however you want to phrase that, please. I, I, I don't even I don't even know what breakfast is. Well, so. same here. Right. But uh, coming from childhood. Yeah. Coming from child childhood, you know. Yeah, I was always kind of taught this was the way to do it. And then I moved to the United States. People look at me still today. They look at me, you know, with big eyes when I tell them that I explain to them, do you know what you're doing? You're you just woke up and you have germs in your mouth. Everything smells. And then you're ingesting food. It, I, why are you doing that? No answer from them, except, well, this is just the way it is. So hmm. that's my unpopular opinion. Is that an unpopular opinion? I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. I, I I get around to my teeth a few times a week, so I uh, <laughs> <laughs> my cows don't mind. Um, right. Uh, 
my unpopular opinion. I've been saving this one for a long time because uh, every time I every time I'm supposed to be on here, something happens. Uh, I think that hand missiles are severely overused um, and uh, over. Um, I think they're their use is overestimated as, as overly important. Um, I think most people would benefit far more from just meditating during the mass, uh, maybe reading, you know, some of the prayers ahead of time. That's something that I do um, occasionally. Um, but for the most part, I don't need to do the priest's job. Um, he's doing his own job. So I spend most of, most, most of my time during mass, um, just trying to prepare for communion and, and meditating on the mass. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of people think that they have to follow along that they're, and I think that comes from a, a novice ordo mindset um, that you have to be following along and reading, reading all along with the priest. And, and I think a lot of people spend their time at Latin mass, not uh, actually participating um, because proper participation in the mass is just our, our meditation, right? It's, it's not us reading along with the priest. Um, that's my, that's my unpop. Noted. All right. right. Yeah. So yeah. That's a pretty popular from, opinion there, bud. Yeah. yeah thanks it for actually sharing. comes from the liturgical movement rather than the Novus Ordo gears up for what you see in the Novus Ordo, but that was already happening. And it's funny because you had a lot of beautiful hand missiles that went into the deep history of the faith stuff you couldn't read at mass you would read it before to prepare for mass and everything and then you could see the prayers and whatnot and you know and, and those missiles get a little sparser less on the art less on the historical background less on the purpose of liturgy you start getting these ambiguous statements of what the liturgy is actually about and then it's all this you know wishy-washy liturgical movement stuff which you know had some good figures in it but by and large this is what's being produced now and then you get to that you know hand missile where it's like um, you know, it's all in English. There's not even a section that's in Latin, you know, just wait, you know, getting ready for when the entire mass is going to be in English. Mm. So it, it leads into that. Well, I thought point. that would even be unpopular amongst, uh, amongst, uh, my fellow panelists here. It's, I think I just threw a yeah. dud into this one, didn't I? Hey, I could see it's going to be, I, a, a, I, I always do. I always do the job of losing to these three guys, <laughs> brother included, every every week. I win maybe once once a year or something like that. So no, I should have uh, made mine. I should have made mine uh, brushing my teeth three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's white privilege. I'm still, That's what I'm, it is. I'm, I'm still considering the fact that when you floss your teeth, you you don't want to do the buzzsaw forward and backwards method, but the you have to do the up and down method. And that that flossing must take place before morning coffee, or you're uncivilized. Uh, well, you know that's that's just what they have to do. You know, <laughs> flossing flossing is uncivilized. Flossing is a, is an absolutely repugnant, barbaric behavior. Um, no civilized person would floss. Now, see now now you're. I think you're getting warmer, bug. <laughs> I think you're ready to alienate the audience. But alas, you guys always count me out. You always think, oh, that was a great mic drop. I'm a, I got something for you guys. Pun intended. Mic drop. 
Yeah. Uh, so I generally believe that it is rather uh, communist for people to just move around, live wherever they want to live, to uproot themselves because there are no roots, no, no tie to the land or the region or the territory or the parish or the community or the ethnicity or anything, right? Um, however, comma, one of the things that comes with living in feminist society, feminist controlled society, is that if you spend all of your time only surrounded by family, family has a duty to love you, uh, regardless of if you behave or not, then uh, it becomes very difficult for you to actually maintain real friendships with people because you don't know how to behave like an adult. Um, so one of the benefits actually of growing up and leaving home for a little bit and made them, and then you know perhaps coming back is that you learn to become tolerable by other people and other people can tolerate you and you can tolerate other people and you can therefore uh, understand how to behave like an adult and to cultivate true authentic friendships, Aristotelian friendships. Um, and uh, and that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Most people don't know how to be a good friend. And many people, especially in the trad movement, who are actually just crypto feminist communists, but don't even know it, Surrounded by family who accepts them as they are, doesn't challenge them to uh, purge themselves from crypto feminist communism. Um, they struggle. They struggle having real friendships. They struggle maintaining friendships for any any serious length of time. And that's because they don't know how to be adults. So my unpopular opinion is that in today's crypto feminist communist culture, it is incumbent upon every young man. He needs to leave. He needs to leave mommy's shadow. He needs to go out and experience the world, you know, potentially even go overseas, travel, experience something in life, lead an army, uh, you know, lead a company in combat or serve overseas in some capacity. Hey, Bugnolo is uh, doing that. What's that? Or Bugnolo is do doing something, that. Right. Right. And then, and then you can come back and you can come back and, and you can have your mother take care of you and raise your children for you if you want to. That's fine. But, but until you have those life experiences where you have to be a high functioning adult, on your own, totally unmoored from all the help that your family can provide you and the unconditional love that they that they give you. Until you do that, you don't know how to be an adult. And when you don't know how to be an adult, you don't know how to be a good friend. And when you don't know how to be a good friend, you won't keep a good friend. That's my unpopular opinion. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the rundown. We have some callers who are joining us. They want to give some unpops. We got White Wolf. We got Brian. We got Becker. I don't know who should we who we should start with. I think we should start with Becker personally, but I I, I defer to you guys. I'm going to bring him in, yeah, Mark Becker, Becker. How are you, sir? Wonderful. I'm working right now. Obviously, I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a union steward, so I have my night pretty much set. Well, you had a you had a uh, you had a comment in the live section that you would be uh, when we were talking about policing that you would be too good looking. To not be pulled over. And I think you're proving that to be true, Mark Becker. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I could be pulled over at any time. <laughs> what do you got for us tonight, sir? Unpopular opinion. This country is lost. Yeah. This is. We let the morals slide. We aren't teaching the next generation how to work or live in a society or their faith. It's lost. You're absolutely right. Love so it. What no way back. back. 
There is no way back. The way back will be vicious and violent and out of the rubble. Will come. Will have to be something. It won't be a democracy, but it'll be. It'll be based religion based, and it will be uh, very disciplined. Yeah, very good. Love it. Yeah, agree with that. That's a good one. Hey, we should we should do like a secondary poll for rundown fans who called in and see who can win the unpop. So we got Becker saying uh, we, we're gonna have to rebuild. We got Brian K dialing in. Brian, how are you, sir? Howdy and cheers. Cheers, cheers. Salute. Salute. So, my on pop. Um, oh, we're losing you, Brian. I don't think you know. I'll, I'll, can you hear? Oh, sorry. Can y'all hear me? We got you. Now we can. Okay. I I don't think overall we're ready. You know, we talk about um, you know being prepared. Um, Spiritually, physically, mentally, you know, all this stuff. Overall, I don't think we are. I think we're too comfortable. I think we're too lazy. Um, and I think we're going to get mowed down. And, you know, I'm not, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I see it all over the place. And I, this includes myself. You know, I farm. I've got cows. I've got chickens. I've got all the stuff. But. You know, I think when things happen and break down, the electricity is going to be gone, uh, everything else, and we're just not ready. And even if you think you're ready, I don't think you are. So that's that's my unpop. Brian K. with the uh, drop in the microphone, we are going to get mowed down. (laughs) (laughs) And he said it, so matter of fact, Mm -hmm. we're going to get mowed down, but I got my cows. (laughs) <laughs> no, all the all all, all the uh, so-called you know tough guys that think think they're ready for what's coming. Um, I think the majority of men in America, when things get bad, they're going to be like um, Oliver Twist. You know, he like has hand out like, "Can I have some more?" Um, yeah. They're just going to be be begging the government to give them more porn and more NFL. More sports ball. <laughs> right. More, sport, more sports ball. balls. All right. Everyone has been waiting so patiently for the white wolf. He's here. He's in the green room. We're bringing him into the to the stream. White wolf is here again, second time on the rundown to give us okay. to give it to us. Give it to us un unmixed. All right. I okay, want the, the, the unpop. Okay, here it comes. As you know, Archbishop Lefebvre consecrated bishops back in 1988. He did that in order to preserve the apostolic succession. Now, many of you are not aware that Novus Ordo ordinations and consecrations are not, inv- are not valid, or maybe you're not aware, but according to the Council of Trent, they're not valid. And there are two reasons for that. One is because they do not have the traditio instrumentum, and the second is because they do not have the minor orders. Both of these are required for validity of holy orders. So the apostolic succession at this point appears to rest with the bishops that Archbishop Lefebvre consecrated 
and also with the two bishops that Bishop Williamson consecrated. The fraternity of St. Peter will now preserve the apostolic succession. The uh, Society of St. Pius V will not preserve the apostolic succession because all of their ordinations are dubious. The Tuck ordinations being very dubious. And the Vatican doesn't, obviously doesn't care about the apostolic succession. So ladies and gentlemen, Holy Mother Church is hanging on by a thread. A very thin thread. Years and years ago, Our Lady told St. Dominic that one day through the rosary and the scapular, I will save the world. That appears to intimate that Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist, as Our Lady of La Salette said. That also appears to be the third secret of Fatima. So get ready to lose your mass. Get ready to lose access to the sacraments. Get ready to lose your ability to go and make a good confession. So prepare now. Prepare spiritually. Prepare mentally. Prepare psychologically. But prepare. Because that day is coming. I think that day is on the near horizon. If they have something stupid again, like a pandemic lockdown or, or, uh, or World War III breaks out, and also day by day, society is breaking down because the, the jabbed are now dropping like flies, and people are noticing, and every time somebody drops, that's another hole in our infrastructure. You talk about supply line disruptions, you ain't seen nothing yet. And uh, oh, I'd, I'd like to add uh, something to Bug Hall's unpop. But Bug <laughs> Hall talked about the, uh, the missile being a Novus Ordo thing. Well, in a, in a sense, he's right. The hand missiles were introduced by Pius X. Before Pius X, hand missiles were actually against canon law. It was against canon law for any layman to have a vernacular transmission of the missile. And Pius X was the first of the liturgical anarchists, I hate to say. The two-pronged battle that you see going on in order to destroy Mother Church began in the 1850s. In fact, I, I think that uh, what Pope Leo saw was something that he didn't really see, but something that he knew because he knew the plan. These popes all knew the plan, and I think that most of them were in on it. But uh, that's just adding to Bug Hall's unpop. Very, very good points have, there. You can't very good have points there, White Wolf. White Wolf. <laughs> White Wolf says, "Get pre be prepared to lose," and it seems like we're going to lose big. Uh, thank you for joining us again, White Wolf. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Mark Becker. You guys are awesome. You guys are all top fans uh, here almost every week. And it's an honor to, to get to know you guys. What do you think we input. need to do? Oh, oh we, we need a revolution. Yeah, and we need it no, now. Not, not later. Now. This seems true, ladies and gentlemen. This seems true. Uh, party thoughts. 
from the crew here. Parting thoughts, Ryan. We don't need a revolution. We need a counter-revolution. That's a good point. I wish you would have said it right. Do you think mm-hmm. so you think we could get her to it's say it right? Clip. It's a fun clip. But I revolution know. is what brings us into disorder. The French Revolution is 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 a revolution. The Vendeans and others like them that rose up, they were the counter-revolution. Okay. The uh the the, the alliance with heretics who were running the Council of Pistoia in Italy, the schismatic council, um, and their union with the Austrian Emperor Joseph II. Right, we're trying to impose well, vernacular missiles, vernacular mass, all these things, and the P, it was which was a revolution in the church. What did the people do? It, you know, Pius the Sixth is sitting there, he's putting his finger in the wind to see what's going to happen before, because he doesn't want to tick off the Austrian emperor. It's in a bad spot with the, the French king at the moment, and the people, the the San Fides, the the, the the Crusaders of the Holy Faith, they rise up, they burn down the factories that all the vernacular missiles and breveries were in. And say we will not have this here, and Joseph II he couldn't do anything at that point because the people made it impossible. So yeah, we need a counter revolution. So it's eleven and three quarter inches tall. If you're thinking about how this is going to fit into your, sorry, I don't know why I I don't know why my finger was hovering over that particular button. Party thoughts, James. Um, we're living in very, very strange times. There is a feeling that something is in the air, um, and we're not quite sure what it is. So cling to your rosaries as always, um, pray your rosaries and, uh, don't lose hope because, uh, we're Catholic and we always have to have hope. So Man. pray those rosaries. Mrs. RTF and I were just talking about that eerie feeling that something is looming. Yeah. We all had at the end of 19, beginning of 2020, I remember distinct conversations with fellow parishioners. Hey, there's, man, there's just something not right. Something big is about yeah. to happen. That was when, you know, COVID-1984 was born after the Pachamama. Same day, by the way. Um, and, um, and yeah, I'm starting to get that feeling again. So I think you're right. James, think you're right. Bug, fine. Parting thoughts from uh, from Mr. Hall. Yeah, I'll add I'll add to what you and James are talking about. Um, but I, I want to add another note to it, uh, which is that you know men sh- men should want to fight, right? I mean that. That's, I think that's part of the part of what defines a man. Um, this is this is all this should all be fun. Um, if you're sitting around despairing over the state of things and uh, clutching up, right, kind of clenching up and feeling frozen over over all of the 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 mess and and whatever it is that's looming, because I feel that too. I think we all we're all on the same page there. But if you're clutching up over it, um, I think you got to ask some hard questions about yourself. I think you got to start digging around and figuring out what it is that you're attached to and, and what happened to your balls. Um, because this should be exciting. It should be exciting that there's a fight ahead and we get to prepare for it. Now we get to um, harden ourselves, turn ourselves into, into wrought iron 
And um, that's what that's what we should be spending our time doing, right? <laughs> Make yourself a nail eating monster, um, and and have fun have fun along the way. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know how Celtic you are, and yeah. uh, and I'm reminded of what Chesterton said of the of the Celts. Uh, for the great gales of Ireland are the men that God made mad. For all their wars are merry, and all their songs are sad. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching the rundown. It is a pleasure. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I've said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy double barrel shotgun. You don't need a flamethrower, and you don't need a tank. You don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away. No, and I don't need a grenade launcher. I don't need an F-15. There's just one thing I need to do, and I'll stay away from me. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun, baby. You don't need a machine you don't gun. Need Shotgun. Fire two blasts outside the house.